the more you respect yourself and find alignment with your truth of your values, then other people know how to treat you in return. Hey guys, welcome back to the It's Not You, It's Dating podcast. I'm Patrick alongside Michaela, bringing you another great episode today. We hope you guys are ready for this one. Michaela, what do we have going on today? So we have an extra special treat today. We actually have a dating coach and therapist, a professional, okay. a real professional of what we speak Finally. about on this Finally. podcast. She is an international relationship and lifestyle coach, founder of Entwined Lifestyle with her twin sister, who is also a therapist and dating coach. They are the creators of the Relationship Intelligence Method and Boundary Badass Program and have made it their mission to inspire professionals to create remarkable relationships, live fulfilling lifestyles, and set boundaries like a badass. So if everyone would please give a warm welcome, we are introducing Jan from Entwined Lifestyle. Thank you for having us, guys. Yeah, Ooh. we're so sorry that your twin sister, Jillian, couldn't be with us today. Yes, it's unfortunate. Maybe next time we'll have a redo I would love another episode. Absolutely. So why don't you just give us like a little bit of a background of your business and kind of for anyone who doesn't know anything about what you guys do other than that you're dating coach and therapist. So Jillian and I have been relationship coaches for about seven years now. We help individuals who are struggling in order to get their needs met in relationships. So we sometimes clients come to us that are in the early dating phase. And sometimes they come to us when they've already been dating somebody for like a year or two and the relationship has become unhealthy and toxic. And so we help transition that relationship if it's a toxic one into a healthy one based on how we adjust our communication style, operate from value um, versus emotion. So most of the time we communicate from emotion and also people tend to communicate from the ego. When that happens, we just hit a wall and we're not gonna achieve anything in the relationship. And it's understandable because nowhere in life do we really learn how to properly communicate in relationships or even dating. No, our parents awesome. aren't helping us out when we're 12 and being like, okay, let's talk about your emotional intelligence when it comes to dating and you're flirting with, you know, the guy in seventh grade and he's calling you names. And I mean, we start off at such a weird, awkward way of getting into our love <laughs> lives. It's just so interesting. Jen, Jen, a question for you real quick as you explain that. That's that's very awesome to hear. Can you like explain a little bit more about like how your clients and and the people who come to you truly understand like what they want to achieve or maybe they don't know and how do you help them kind of discover those goals? So most of the time when they come to us, they don't necessarily, they know what they want to achieve. So we establish their goals in the very first meeting that we speak, but they don't necessarily know how we're going to get to those goals just because a lot of the different exercises that we implement are brand new to most people, such as how to set boundaries, how to communicate from value. So you're coming from a place of confidence. Most of the time people think boundaries are ultimatums and they're actually the complete opposite. So most of the skill sets we teach people are brand new to them. Okay. Cause you, 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 you keep uh, mentioning boundaries. I'm it's kind of like makes me think about my own relationships and kind of like how my journey is. Like, Patrick <laughs> always talks about how you have to set the expectation from the beginning. And I agree with that sentiment and that, that advice, but I'm also sort of like, well, what if we don't know what, what our boundaries are from the beginning? So what if we don't know how to set our expectations? So I just want to clarify expectations tend to lead us to failure. 
So we want to have standards. Wow, I'm single. In terms of how we want to be treated and how in the value system. So values in a relationship might be such as communication, trust, loyalty, uh, integrity, authenticity, kindness. So we have our clients always establish their top five relationship values. And that's how you're going to get your emotional needs met in a relationship. These are things you cannot live without in order to be fulfilled and happy within that okay. relationship. And then when you meet somebody, you want to align three out of your five values with that other person. And that's more likely can give us a projection of longevity within that connection. That's awesome. Can you remind me and remind the audience the, the boundaries that you just were mentioning? So when it comes to setting boundaries, so like I said, most people think boundaries are yeah. ultimatums, such as, okay, I need you to do this or else like I'm done and I'm leaving the relationship. That's an ultimatum. It's do this or else. So that's more or less come from a me mindset. It's all about that yeah. person. Relationships have to operate on a we mindset. Okay. So how are we fixing this problem together? And when you say, I value communication, then you're going to ask your partner. So say, say your partner's or the person you're dating is ignoring you and they're just not saying anything to you. And um, you happen to value communication. So you would ask them a question. I call them discovery yeah. questions. Can you help me understand how come we aren't communicating right now? And so they, it takes away some of the tension or the defensiveness that somebody might say, if you say, why are you ignoring me? That's going to put somebody on the defense right away when we ask why questions, because they feel like they're being personally attacked. Okay. So when we ask discovery questions, can you help me understand how come we're not communicating? Then they might say, well, I'm mad at you right now, or I don't want to talk to you, or I need space. So then it's like, okay, thank you for communicating. I value communication. How can we get to a point where we can be on the same page? So you need to understand your partner's communication style and you need to understand your communication style and be able to bridge that gap. That's what boundaries does. So say someone likes to talk all the time and the other partner doesn't want to talk all the time. So we have to find that happy medium that works for the relationship as That's a awesome. whole. Yeah. And, and you're saying that like you work with them to discover what are those three out of the five, do they pick their five or do you have five things that you say, okay, now you prioritize these or do they come up with them? So I give them a list and they come up with their top five that they want to operate from. And so we create alignment on a daily basis, according to those five values, based on all the actions they take when it comes to dating or communicating, even with other people, it could be any sort of relationship in your life, but the more integrity, integrity and alignment we have to those five values, the more we're going to be respected on those values, because that's how we interact with other right. people. So the more you respect yourself and find alignment with your truth of your values, then other people know how to treat you in return. Very cool. It's kind of like, I, I often think about dating when it comes to a job search. You know, if you're, you have five things that you'd really like in your next position and they only meet three or four out of five. Well, really in reality, you, you'd have probably 20 things that you want in your dream job, but we're not going to get those 20 exactly right. And it's, it kind of, it reminds me of dating because it's like, all right, I'm going to have to give a little bit here because I'm not going to find my perfect robotic human. I'm, I'm meeting another human and I'm just as imperfect as they're going to be. Absolutely. Yeah. You nailed it. That's exactly how you need to approach it. And a lot of times I think people confuse like things that they want in a relationship, such as a checklist. Oh, like 
this person needs to make this amount of money or this person needs to you know look a certain way they need to have this color of hair those are checklists those are expectations those we want to check out the door and get rid of that list because those things don't sustain a relationship for a lifetime so say you're with somebody say your checklist is they have to make a certain amount of money well what if that person loses their job you know three months into dating or a year into dating, you guys are living together and they lose their job. So that does not sustain the relationship. So that's why your values are things you cannot live without in order to have a healthy relationship. Uh, I've made that mistake one too many times. So I'll admit that <laughs> <laughs> in approaching it that way. I like, I do like leaving your checklist at the door. That's not something you hear yeah. very often. There's a pros and cons list. There's the checklist. There's all these lists and we're trying to prioritize. But at the end of the day, everything is fluid. Everything's going to be a different situation each time. We, as this podcast goes, we're trying to find those patterns and we're trying to establish as many rules as we can because like as humans, we need some sort of tangible things, which is so great to have you because I'm just so, I'm going to learn so much. Patrick, you're going to learn so much. <laughs> so much. I, I have my notepad next to me. I'm taking notes there. I'm taking notes mentally. I'm, uh, I, Jan, I, I will say I did. I have so many questions and I'm so glad you're here. Um, I did check out entwinelifestyle.com, which all of our listeners should check out. And I wanted to, before Michaela jumps into our topic today, I wanted to kind of understand a little bit more about uh, your methods that you approach with your clients of the What's the difference between like relationship intelligent method with love versus the one with performance? So a lot of our relationship intelligent method is kind of the same. It's just applied slightly okay. different, but in terms, so even if you have uh, personal relationships and love, you still have relationship um, values when it comes to running Got your it. business. For example, how you and I interact, we communicate, you know, in order to get in touch with each other. I have integrity in terms of keeping my word that we're going to come on for our podcast night. So you always will have top values that you operate from, whether it's personally or in business. And sometimes they might overlap, but for the most part, they're probably very similar. So, and again, it's also all about communication when it comes to running businesses or when personal relationships. So a lot of it kind of overlaps. It just, there might be a slight difference in terms of how you communicate in business versus personally. Okay. Well, I think Michaela's going to steer it towards love today, which is great, which is what we're all about in dating, but uh, that's really good to hear. Yes. Before we got into our topic today, I wanted to come off with an apology to you because when I called you and your sister initially, I was so annoyed with myself when I got off the phone because I was like, I can't believe I said are you guys married? Of course you are because you're relationship coaches. So I wanted to start off by saying I sounded like such a like jerk by saying that because one, I don't know what your goals are for your life. It was such an assumption. Two, just because you were super intelligent and know all of the things that everyone should probably know when it comes to healthy dating and all that. It doesn't mean that you found your person. So it was interesting to hear though that your sister is married. You guys are basically your twins, your identical twins, you share so much together, you work together, and you are off on this different path in the single dating life. And then she's off on the married route. So how, how does that work with the two of you guys? Do you get that question often? And also, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I feel like most of the time, people don't really tap into our personal lives too much when we talk in terms of like business wise, I guess. But I mean, anybody sure. who knows us personally knows our paths and where we're at currently in life. Yeah. Um, so when, when you're dating, in other words, 
are you getting the question, oh, so you're a dating coach and therapist. Like, do you guys kind of get intimidated by that? I used to tweak it a little bit and say more, I'm more of a life coach because it's much easier. It's much, yeah. I don't want someone to think I'm analyzing everything that was going on on the date because when I am going on dates, I am present in the moment and it just genuinely getting to know that yeah. person, accepting them for who they are. Um, so yeah, no, I usually would say like I'm a life coach just because it's a little bit softer and it's not as intimidating. Do you feel as though like you would analyze yourself if you didn't have a springboard like in your sister to go to, like when you find frustrations or hurdles when it comes to dating, how does, I'm just curious to how that works. Um, I mean, I think everybody, everybody I think has a sounding board, somebody in their life. So yes, of course I will talk to my sister, but for the most part, I don't really have any, I would say I don't have too many questions or anything like that because I, like I said, I operate for everything I teach to my clients I uh operate according to myself in my own life love it you practice your what you preach absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so pretty much today we want to talk about how when it comes to people saying am I being too picky when people say you know when I met my husband I never thought he would be the one (laughs) never I never thought that and then here I am 20 years later you know, I love him so much and, you know, he drives me nuts, but here I am. So can you talk to us about how do we know when we're walking away from date one, date two, maybe even a month into dating and we're, we want to like this person, but it's just not there. Can you give any advice to people who are like, maybe I've let X, Y, Z person pass me by and they could have been the one. If somebody is too picky, they might be focusing on perfection, which perfection does not exist. So, and that would be operating more on a black and white thinking versus and more of a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. A growth mindset allows us to see gray, allows us to see um, different perspective outside of our own. And so like I would say somebody who's too picky is more than likely operating from expectations. So they're looking to check off checklists versus really getting to know somebody and seeing if that person is of value and can complement their life and meet their needs on a deeper level. Now, obviously I think there still has to be the chemistry or the sexual attraction component. Um, I think sometimes that can, so men and women are different on that perspective. I think women can sometimes grow into being more attracted to somebody over time, men usually have to have that from the very initial meeting. Um, So that kind of varies in that aspect. But somebody who, like I said, somebody who's too picky, they're, they're looking for something that probably does not exist and they're setting themselves up for failure. So they're self-sabotaging their love, their love life. Are there any like small exercises that somebody could do not to to come to the conclusion that you're too picky, but maybe come to the conclusion of, uh, or draw from how you just said that you're setting expectations or really not allowing yourself to come from that place of growth. Um, So again, I would go back to our roadmap Mm -hmm. of relationship values because you you want somebody to meet your needs on a deeper level. Our emotional needs are tied also to our self-worth in terms of our values and setting boundaries. Because when we set boundaries and relationships from our value, that's connected to our self-worth in terms of how we value ourselves and our standard of what we need from that person. 
Okay. So I'm telling values are the roadmap to everything that you need in a relationship in order to be fulfilled and happy. Do you Very ever cool. have clients who say to you, I've met this guy or I've met this woman and they are on the outside, just like perfect. They're hot. They're good looking. Um, we've gone out on dates. We've had good conversation. Like they could be my best friend, but I just don't know if they're the one. I always think that this is like the grass is always greener sort of thing. If you, if you always think the grass is always going to be greener, then that's something within themselves that they need to work on because you're, again, that's a self-sabotaging trait in terms of not being able to find somebody that can fulfill them. It's a, it's operating from fear. I agree with that. Is there also a note of like, when people say there's no spark and I think, you know, that's chemistry. If there's no spark or chemistry, yeah, if there's no spark or chemistry, that's something that we cannot, um, that's something that's just a natural body physiological response with somebody. So that's not something we can create. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm to just bring it into my personal life. Josh and I have been together for a year and a half now. And I often joke with him about when I first met him, he was so he just wasn't opening up to his personality. It just took him a little bit longer. And now I think looking back, he is such a different person than I thought he was in the first maybe three or four dates that we had. So that's also comes to mind when I'm hearing my friends going on in these first dates, especially from dating apps, because there's a lot more turnover. I'm like, okay, but did you give it enough time? Like, how do we know when it's like, mm-hmm. what's a good How do you know when time? you've given it enough time? Well, like for example, in your relationship, you may not have known if that spark was there, but you were intrigued by him in some way, shape or form that made you keep going Mm -hmm. back to him. So that's why you wanted to keep giving it another chance and more dates until you figured out where it was going to go. So if you, on the first date, there might not be like sparks flying because obviously it's not ideal to be, if you're head over heels initially from the get-go, that's infatuation. That is not love. And that's going to cloud your thought process anyways in terms of really getting to know someone and if they can fulfill your needs. Um, so we don't want to have that infatuation. So in terms of really getting to know someone, it is better to take your time. And the only way you can know if someone can meet your values is over time of dating them also. It's up to you. There's not really a timeline of how long you should give somebody or that you shouldn't. It's kind of if that person still excites you or intrigues you that you want to keep going on a date with them, then you should keep pursuing it and see if it goes and blossoms into something, you know, amazing. And if you level up to that roadmap that you laid out and it all, Mm -hmm. man, it all comes full circle now. (laughs) I'm learning. Yeah. I mean, talk about getting clouded and that judgment when you're head over heels for someone. I'm curious your thoughts on this. It's just a little bit of a tangent, but when it comes to having too much physical intimacy right away. Like let's talk about sex on the first date or second date. Do you guys have like Mm -hmm. kind of a thing where you're like, a lot of people say, oh my God, it's 2021. You do you, you express you. It's all about what you feel. Or are you kind of like from a professional perspective, we feel this about that. So if you're looking for a relationship in terms of longevity, I recommend waiting before you take it to the next level sexually. So again, it depends how many, how, how many dates are going on a week, how often you're seeing each other, but ideally in order to really get to know someone to know if they can even meet your relationship values, it usually takes two to three months of dating them 
Now it's up to you. It's up to my clients. I don't tell them like you shouldn't have sex or you should have sex. It's again, it's their choice, but I usually recommend holding off as long as possible to see if that person can even meet your right. needs. But that's getting into a relationship. Some people also want to just casually date. So it depends what your goal is. If you're just looking to date or if you want a relationship. Do you find a lot of clients that once you ask that question, are you looking to casually date or are you looking for a professional relationship that if they take it the casual way that you kind of are like, well, I can't really help you or this is a, a space where I'm like I, I on your website where you're looking for like a professional connection, looking to really achieve those goals. Most of our clients are looking for a meaningful relationship. I'm not really looking to help people who just want to hook up with other it's not people. Like, not I mean, like it's hitch. their choice and their preference. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's their choice and their preference. That's just not what I do. Got so. it. Okay. Well, I do think that the whole idea of finding a long-term relationship, it is hard when you say two to three months. Wow. Like I remember reading, I mentioned on an earlier podcast that Steve Harvey pod, or sorry, the Steve Harvey uh, relationship book that says, wait 90 days to give out your cookie. And I thought that was so funny the way he said it. Cause it's just such a dad way of saying um, to wait. But he, he was saying mm -hmm. that like, you know, if you do that, you're going to find out who they really are. If they are going to wait around for yep. you to, you know, show them who you are and vice versa. So it's, I'm glad that I snuck that question in there for you because <laughs> that is something that people ask often. Well, this is the thing when you're on their first couple of dates, people are on their like quote unquote, like best behavior. So you're not really necessarily always seeing the real them authentically who they are. So I agree with that red flags could pop up later on, you know, after a few weeks of dating. And then if you've already hooked up, then you might be like making, we don't want to have any regrets. Um, if you were to regret hooking up with that person after you, they might change who they were, you know, I don't know. So that's, so do you also recommend you know, if you're not sure about this person and you're trying to give them proper time to open up to you, do you guys recommend dating multiple people? That's something that I believe in personally. I know with COVID, it's all changed because dating so many people at the same time is kind of like a risk. Do you, do you find that that is something that helps your clients find the person in a more methodical way rather than kind of zoning in on one person at a time? Uh, we want to keep our options open until you have dated someone long enough and you're ready, ready to take that relationship to the next level. So yes, um, you could be dating as many people as you want and until you're ready, uh, someone wants to commit to you and takes you, you know, off the market. How do you communicate that to people? Because I'm a big proponent of that. I think everybody should like, you should, you should um, not go crazy, so to speak, but like you should right. date multiple people. Um, until you're serious, how do you convey that to people who might get uh, like territorial or they want to like, before it's time to get serious, they just want to say like, well, what are you doing? Like, I thought we were dating, but it's like, yeah, we are dating, but we're still in that phase of getting to know each other. So what I'm doing is not, it's not wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. So you would just say to them, uh, well, we've only been dating, you know, a few weeks now. I don't know at this point where we're at, I'm not ready to make that commitment right now. It doesn't mean I don't want to, you know, the next couple of weeks, but I think we need to get to know each other a little bit longer before we commit. So to kind of circle us back to today's topic, if you were to have a client come in and say, I feel that I'm coming in and I'm dating and I'm being 
a little bit too critical of who, and I want to find someone, I want to find a long-term relationship. I think I'm dating a bunch of really great people and I'm still not finding the one. Is there some sort of kind of check-in that we can give people to really um, scrutinize, even though they don't have a one-on-one professional therapy session with you? Like, can they take a little thing away from today? I'd want to assess in terms of all the different people that they're dating, what do they, one, are they dating too many people? So they can't even make a decision if there's like too many people there. So like, honestly, you should probably be only sticking to two or three people if that you're interested. If you're dating tons of different people, then you're really not taking dating seriously because you should have some sort of genuine connection that you're building online probably first anyways to know if this person is going to connect with you in person or not and you guys are on the same page and get each other. So if you're going on like 50 first dates, you're you're going on probably way too many dates because you're not going to connect with all those people. Right. So let's get into some listener questions. Uh, Jan, we have some emailers and some DMers <laughs> coming in with uh, some questions that I've kind of made sure to cater them towards you when it came to more, we needed a more professional, especially this first one. Okay. It's a pretty hard hitter right away. I'm just giving you a warning. Michaela says I'm, Michaela says I'm too dismissive. So we need a professional. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, Patrick will just be like, not the one for you. And end of story, move on next one. And I'm like, wait, no, we have but, to assess why. But now I'm going to, after this, after this uh, episode, I'm going to go, I'm legit going to go write a roadmap of values versus expectations. And hopefully my mindset will change going forward. So healthy. You're so healthy mm-hmm. now. So guys, remember, uh, if you want to send us a question to email us at notupod at gmail.com, or you can send us a DM on Instagram at it's not you it's dating on Instagram and please rate and subscribe and review if you have not already. So Jan, the first one is a little bit long. So bear with me. Hi, it's not you. It's dating. Love the podcast, by the way. I recently was dating this guy for about three months and everything seemed to be going great. We were spending a lot of time together and always having a ton of fun. We've met each other's friends, et cetera. Also not to mention, we have amazing sex. He even said it's the best connection he's felt with someone, but then he started to put distance between us about two weeks ago out of nowhere. This has made me really anxious and I feel like I'm not acting like myself and overthinking every text or phone conversation. Regardless, this is how I feel and I start to act differently and I'm starting to act differently, like making relentless efforts to keep him interested in me, constantly looking for reassurance in the relationship, like doing things to make him jealous. Anyway, I know you're not certified therapist by any means, but today we have someone who's certified, (laughs) Um, although you might as well be, LOL. But my question is, what are your thoughts on this topic when a guy creates distance and how to handle that when you feel it happening? Well, it sounds like she's definitely approaching it the wrong way by trying to make him jealous because that's only going to most likely push him away even further. He's That's getting into um, games. And if you know what you want and you know your value then you're going to be more straightforward and ask him um I know we've been hanging out for the last couple months and something has changed can you help me understand what has changed on your end because I we haven't seen each other the last couple weeks so I was just curious if something changed for you so you want to address the behavior we don't want to address the person we always address the behavior because it's less um less of an attack yes less of an attack on that person 
Yeah. I, I had a, um, you know, it's that gut feeling, right. That you get when you feel someone pulling away. And oftentimes you think, okay, don't be crazy. They could just be pulling away because they've got a lot on their mind and it Mm -hmm. seems like they're pulling away from you, but it could not be. And so you don't want to, you have to figure out, am I being too sensitive about this? And if I'm feeling that way, would you say it's like worthwhile to still talk about it? Like, I feel like you're doing this and I, I don't know if you mean to do this or not, but it feels this way. Right. So we always want to assess versus assume. And so she, that's why she needs to assess what's creating the distance between the two of them. And if he is, if there is something going on in his life or if he, cause it sounds like even though they've been together they are dating, I guess, three months, they're not committed. It doesn't sound like, um, what happens though, when you get into the realm of as Virgo speaking, when you're over assessing <laughs> and you're overthinking and you're like picking apart, it sounds like what she's going through and you're just like picking apart everything. Like what, what, when do you get to that point where you're like, okay, um, it's just, it's not working. Well, if you're overthinking it and not talking to the person about it, that's yeah. going to create that anxious feeling within you because you're the overthinking creates anxiety. It yeah. sounds like she, I don't know if she's an anxious person in general, but if she has anxious attachment style and he has avoidant attachment style, that's a recipe for disaster. So, um, but that's getting into a whole nother ballgame when it comes to attachment styles and yeah. understanding how you connect with somebody in terms of that intimacy. Got Can it. you just explain really like a brief summary of what anxious and avoidant is? So an anxious person would typically need to feel connected to that person on a regular basis, constant communication, constant a need for validation um, because they're not finding that security within themselves. So they're seeking it externally from somebody else. Uh, when it comes to avoidant attachment, that usually stems from somebody who was actually neglected or rejected by one of their parents growing up. And so they've learned to shut their emotional attachment off to somebody else in order to protect themselves from getting too close because they don't, they fear intimacy. Yeah. Okay. And then what's the one in the middle where you're like stable, normal or secure <laughs> attachment secure. style? <laughs> Got um, it. Secure. Okay. That's right. And can anxious and avoidant people be together ever or does that never really work never say never it can can, yeah I'm not gonna never say never exactly um it can just be challenging because the avoidant is typically going to um be distant at times which is going to set off the anxiousness in the anxious um attachment style yeah I I um had a relationship that was going well. And then all of a sudden I felt that gut thing that this listener is talking about. Um, it felt like he was pulling back and I knew it. And I talked to everyone except for him about it because I knew he was going through something um, with his career. And I didn't want to put my anxiety on him because I was like trying to figure out, can you play it cool? Is this going to pass? And then it's going to go back to normal. So I talked to my mom and I talked to my girlfriends and I'm like crying. And, you know, I was going through almost the breakup before we actually did, he did the breaking up. Mm -hmm. So I felt that he had, had changed. It was my gut feeling. And by the time the two weeks rolled around and he did break up with me, um, I was like, 
okay because I had spent two weeks breaking up with myself over this relationship. You were okay, like something... but your friends were exhausted. Let, let me. <laughs> yeah. Patrick, you were not one of those that was exhausted. You were just pumped to have me back in the bar scene, popping off. Maybe a little bit of both, but. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I, I do empathize uh, with this listener. And I think, you know, is there any way, I'm just going back to the question, oh, yeah. um, how to handle that? You're saying. She's addressed the behavior. Go to him. Mm-hmm. So she just needs to ask him, it seems, is everything, has something changed between us? I know I haven't really heard from you lately. We were hanging out. So address the behavior. Always call it plain naive or plain dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he might say, gosh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry talking you about. feel that way. <laughs> and, you know, what can I do? You know, bring you a bottle of wine or whatever. He might step it up a little bit and know that you need that you know, a little bit of extra love in at that point. Right. Right. Cause if he's pulled, if he's pulled back, if this is the thing, if they were consistent for three months and then all of a sudden he's pulled back, there's definitely a reason why, even if he's not communicating it. So she definitely needs to just, she needs to put herself out there and ask him, even if it's going to be like a hard question and she may not like the answer, it's better. I always think it's better to know the answer versus to sit and overthink because then that creates that anxiety, um, playing, replaying and over in your head. And what if it's like you've gone out only on like a couple dates and you feel them pulling back and you're like, okay, I don't have that three month mark to know that it's been consistent. Is it crazy to be like, I don't know this person that well, but you're going to say like, Hey, your behavior. I mean, I know you wouldn't say that, but is that well, too soon? Say you've had, say you've gone on maybe like three or four dates. You've had a really good time, really good conversation, everything. It's still early, but it's been like a month and you guys, you felt like there's a genuine connection I don't think there's anything wrong with saying to them, but you just want to say, Hey, I know we haven't really talked that much this week. Just want to check in. Yeah. You can just ask if they want to check in or if see what they say first, because they might give you a reason as to why they're distant. But if they come back and say, no, that there's, there's no, everything is fine. Then more than likely they've either lost interest or yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what you have to, you have to kind of like, it's every situation is so unique in yeah. terms of the two individuals, how long they've been dating, how many dates they've actually gone on, what's the connection is like. So you really have to assess everything on an uh, individual basis. For sure. Um, okay. So Patrick, you can read the next one. You definitely know that it comes from a guy because I was going to say this next this question, <laughs> it's, I find it, Jen, you'll, you'll understand when I'm, when I say this, but I find it funny that Michaela is making me read this question. Um, so my question is from this listener is what to do with the 700 dating app matches I've saved up for when the roaring 2021 vaccine dating starts, uh, essentially like when all this COVID, um, when the pandemic subsides, hopefully soon, um, it's been so long. I'm already juggling multiple girls, uh, but I forgot how, and exactly, essentially the person's asking like what to do with all that backup of matches that you've had in all this Corona time. <laughs> Tend to um, at your fingertips. Chan's face well, right now. <sighs> well, all his 700 matches. Maybe He's, not 700. Um, maybe that's a little excessive. I don't know who wrote this in there. <laughs> but. Um, 
he hasn't made time to even get to know any of those connections. He should, if he really wants a genuine connection, he should have been pursuing these women via text message or did video or phone calls, whatever. I mean, we, we live in 2021. You can get to know somebody without having to physically go on a date with them if you genuinely want to get to know them. So he has chosen to hold himself back um, and that's on him uh, in terms we have people that are getting in committed relationships throughout this whole entire COVID situation. I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah, how, we have people is... who are getting, who are moving in with their significant other and they started dating at the very beginning of the pandemic last year. And it, was it all through so, like, how, how are you coaching your clients through this pandemic when it comes to like uh, strictly like video messaging and Zooming and FaceTime and things like that? Because when I'll, I'll put it out there when last March I was in Los Angeles uh, for most of the pandemic. And I was like, I'm not really going to do the whole FaceTime, like just date that way. Like it's, I have so many things going on. I stare at screens all day long. I was like, I don't want to stare at another screen. So how do you, how have you been coaching your clients or what are your thoughts on, on all that? I mean, that's your personal choice. If you don't want to stare at a screen or make FaceTime dates, but like I said, we have clients who are still going on date. I think they're just being more cautious in terms of the dates are going on, who they're spending their time with. Um, we have clients in LA that are moving in with each other. And like I said, they've been dating just in the past year. So wow. um, I don't really, I don't get into medical advice with my clients. So mm -hmm. it's their choice if they want to go on dates and get to know people. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, my personal preference is more that I didn't want to stare at another screen. It wasn't because of like, but you like uh, a phone call. Yeah, I do. Are... I do like phone calls. I'm, I am a big proponent of like, I just call right away. I'm like, let me just see what their voice sounds like, see if they're sound normal and secure in their yeah. relationship <laughs> dating. So, no, I think it's good. Uh, I think you can tell a lot much more about a person do, by phone call or by video chat than just texting. So, I used cool. to have a really hard time with phone calls. I was uh, working with a crew of people on a documentary and uh, it was kind of like they were living vicariously, the the crew of uh, the team members we, we had at the table at lunch. And they would be like, why don't you just call the person? And this was pre-COVID and stuff. And I'm like, no, that is so weird. I don't know what to say on a phone call. I'm the most talkative person ever, but I know I'm just going to sound so weird and I don't know I was so uncomfortable with it but I get it during this past year I would 100% be one of those phone callers I think that's really smart and I also find that voices can be a make or break thing for me when I get on a on when I was dating and I would show up to the date three words in I'd be like oh no they don't sound the way I want them to sound <laughs> so I think it's really important to have that like a little bit more than a text message before you get to the date, if you can. This is the thing is like, everybody's so used to texting now. I, it stands out a little bit if you take a different approach. So it makes you unique in the, if you're going to make phone calls and video chat. Winning. Yeah. So just to go back to this person's 700 girl question, um, or woman, excuse me. Um, he says, it's been so long that I've juggled dating multiple women. And I, we brushed on this earlier, but just kind of to wrap this up, what would you give advice on, you know, doing this in a healthy way? Right. Is roadmap. Multiple people. 
got to write his roadmap. Is he wanting to start going on dates now, but he doesn't know where to begin? Yes. Sounds that way. So he needs to, he needs to just, this is the thing. It sounds like he's giving himself way too many options. So he's not reading through his dating profiles in a way that he can see if this person is going to be somebody he's really into or creating connection. If he spends time creating connection within a a few conversations back and forth with somebody, he's going to know whether he feels that that's somebody he really wants to pursue or does not want to pursue, if he can build a genuine connection. So it sounds like to me, he's looking at his dating apps and just swiping and connecting with anybody and everybody that he might find to be physically attractive. And so that's how he's approaching dating versus does he really want somebody who brings value to his life? Yeah. It's almost like, you know, going back to the job analogy, you're sending like 900 LinkedIn applications and you're not even really looking at the fine print of which are your top four jobs that you really, really want. Right. Right. It's like, he's just going through like a uh, catalog and picking out anybody and everybody. Yeah. Um, And kind of, you know, going back, you know, whoever this listener is going back to what we said earlier on um, being honest with them that they're not, you're not ready to commit to someone quite yet. You are dating and you are enjoying your time together, but you don't need to slap a label on it by any means right off the bat. So get your vaccine and start dating. That wraps up our questions for you, Jan. We appreciate Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Can't wait to have you back with Jillian, hopefully next time. If you guys can come back and give us some more of your, maybe it'll be a little bit after all of these, you know, COVID bubbles are starting to burst and we kind of can hear what's going on for you guys then with, you know, the patterns that you've been seeing. Um, Before we go, I just wanted to ask, is there anything you'd like to promote to our listeners, where to find you and all that good stuff? Uh, They can always find us at entwinedlifestyle.com. They can download our free boundary scripts there or check out our Boundary Badass program that really helps you get your needs met and elevate your connection to the next level in terms of, um, it really helps you go from one phase to the next phase in order to get that commitment that you really want. So love it. I know that Patrick's going to be going there right after we end this recording. I went on a deep dive. I'm really looking forward to going back to the website entwinelifestyle.com and checking out more as it relates to what I just heard. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Jan, thank you so much. It's not you. It's dating on Instagram. Email us at notyoupod at gmail.com. Please rate, please subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.